How can it possibly be that five different stories tell the same story? That five different births reflect the same occurrences? This story becomes even more interesting when you do your homework and find out that three out of the five that you just heard died, were three days in the tomb, and were resurrected. Wow. So we are given a story for this night. And most of us here know that that story probably didn't happen on December 25th. Most of us have talked about the fact that the Christ child was probably born in March at a warmer time when shepherds would be out in their fields at night. In December, they probably wouldn't be. It's cold, especially in the desert. These stories are, have something in common that I think is more important than the difference. The commonality is virgin birth. So as I started looking to discover what I would talk about, what would, what would tonight's theme be, I started researching the story of the virgin birth. And I started finding stories that I didn't even know were there. I found out that between, from, for 5,000 years before the birth of Christ, there are 13 virgin births, stories of virgin births recorded, which is pretty interesting, isn't it? So what is it about this story that brings us together? What is it about this story that is so powerful that it's been in our mind consciousness for over 5,000 years. Because truly, we could use this story to discount all the others, couldn't we? And a lot of that goes on. If you spend time researching that, for every one person who says, Devaki brought forth Krishna, there's another person who says that's not true. For every person who says Buddha was born of a virgin mother, there's someone who says that's not true. And for every person who says Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, there's someone who says a virgin birth could not have taken place. So if we want to, we can discount this story. We can decide that it's not a truth. But it doesn't serve us, does it? What serves us is to look at this story and see what is so valuable about it. When something shows up in culture in different countries, on different continents, for over 5,000 years, there must be something valuable here. This is a story that we often consider to be the story of the Christ child. But in truth, it's the story of Mary, isn't it? The child was born that that night, and surrounded by kings and gifts and animals. But the story begins much earlier. The story begins when a young girl who is somewhere between 12 and 14, which was the age at which a child was betrothed during that time, somewhere between the ages of 12 and 14, an angel came to her. How many of you have teenage daughters? Okay. I want you to think how young... Do we have anybody who's 12 in here? I want you to think... How young, 12 years old. I have a 12-year-old son, so I have a pretty clear picture. At 12 years old, maybe 13 years old, 
an angel appeared to Mary and told her she was going to have a child. And she said, it can't be. I'm a virgin. That can't happen. And the angel said, but it will. And so she went away for three months. She went off to be with Elizabeth for three months, and she shared her story. And Elizabeth cared for her and gave her strength. And at the end of her three months, she came back to Joseph, to whom she was betrothed, and said, I am with child. And he said, what would you say? Huh? Shall we talk? It's not surprising that his first response was not a positive one. And it wasn't. His first response was to look and see how he could gently remove himself without causing her much damage. Because he was a man of kind heart and great care. And in his dreams, an angel came to him and said, It's true. She really is carrying a child conceived through God by the Holy Spirit. And from that step forward, he was the best of fathers. But just imagine what it would take to be that 12-year-old child. Just imagine what it would feel like. First of all, if an angel dropped into my bedroom at 12 years old, that's a lot to take, to take on, isn't it? A lot to take in. So what does it mean, virgin birth? It was prophesied in Isaiah that a child would be born to a woman. And there's a great piece of, of uh, etymological concern. What, is, what does this word mean? Did the Bible use the wrong word? The Bible in Hebrew says Alma Mary, which means young woman. Isaiah uses the word betula, which is the Hebrew word for virgin, in other parts of the Bible, in other parts of the book of Isaiah. So he knew what the word was. He clearly did not use that word. So what is it then? What is this idea of a virgin birth? If you research the word virgin, it comes from the same root as the word virile. It means strong and to yourself and unowned. So a virgin woman was a woman unowned. Not necessarily a woman who had never had sex, but a woman who was owned by no man at that point. Though she was betrothed, Mary was truly a virgin unowned. We have the opportunity to believe in a miracle here. And I want to say clearly that it is entirely possible that a God as big as the God we know, the God that lives within us and walks through us and expresses in the world, is certainly capable of bringing forth a child. In fact, he could have brought forth at least five that we've counted, right? Do you know that in one year, in the United States, in the year 2013, over 200 virgin births were recorded in the United States. Huh. That means 
Young women went to the doctor and said they had not had sex, they couldn't be pregnant. Are some of them confused? Probably. Are they all confused? Wow, I don't know. I don't know. Because a miracle that was possible then is possible now. This story of Mary means something to us. This story of Mary is about faith, which is where we started our conversation about the 12 powers a whole year ago. A year ago, when we began talking about the 12 powers as our theme, we started with faith, and I told you, faith was like the handle on the socket wrench. It was the big tool that everything else relied on. What is important to us about the story of Mary is faith. That Mary chose to believe what she'd seen, what she'd felt, what was happening to her. She chose to believe it, and she chose to act on it. She first took time away and considered how she would handle this. She was prayerful in that time and meditative and considerate. And when she had spent time being prayerful, truly coming to accept and hold precious what was happening to her, then she came to her partner and she told him. We see some things that are similar to our teachings, our unity teachings here. We begin to see first a faith in a God, in a oneness, in something all-powerful, all-present, omnipresent. We see that relationship with that is built through prayer and meditation. And we begin to see the power of the words that are spoken. That Mary actually had to say to someone, I am with child. Again, 12 years old. Amazing. This is an amazing story. So our principles teach us this, don't they? They teach us that there is one God. One God so powerful, so strong that we can have faith. That that God exists in us. And truly in that moment in Mary, God existed within her. These principles teach us that we are to think, to be prayerful, to be meditative, to be disciplined in how we move through our lives, and to use meditation and prayer as tools for connecting. And then we must take action. And she had to take action, didn't she? She had to give birth. This is big action. Our five principles are demonstrated in this story in a powerful and profound way. So what is it about being a virgin? What does that mean? What did it mean when Buddha was born of a virgin? And what did it mean when Dionysus and Plato and Addis? There are so many. This was a story that was used around the world to deify someone. And this is where the story gets dangerous for us. Because if you were born without the normal process, if you were born only by communing with the divine, then you are special. 
You were the child of God. And if Jesus is different because Jesus was the child of God and we are not, then everything we teach about living through our Christ consciousness is wrong. This is where the story gets tough. Where it's important to look and see that the story has come back and come back and come back. The Fillmore's taught that the Bible was allegorical. And all allegory means, it's a big word that means a story that contains hidden wisdom. They taught that there was wisdom in the Bible and that we could look at these stories, whether we think they're absolutely literally true or we don't, that these stories have a profound message for us if we look at them and consider them. How many of you learned something from the story of Cinderella? Right? You learn something as a little child, right? The story of Cinderella teaches you about being nice to people, about good intention, overcoming bad intention, that there are miracles in the world that teaches all kinds of things. Does it matter if it's true or it's not? It doesn't matter if there were 13 stories before this story. It doesn't matter if you choose to believe that the birth of Christ is the only one that counts. Or that none of these are anything more than mythology. It doesn't matter. What matters is that you learn something from the story. In order for Mary to bring forth the divine child, she had to go into a state of pure consciousness. When we look at Mary's story, she was young. She was very prayerful. She had committed her whole life to relationship with God. She had deep knowledge. She had been raised in a very spiritual home. All of us have the opportunity to create that for ourselves. This is a story about birthing the divine in you. All of Christ's life is about living in a Christed way. All of it is about compassion, forgiveness, Love, being unconditional in your loving. All of that came from that one night birth. I was thinking the other night when I was looking at the birth stories being the same and the resurrection stories being the same, that the most important thing about Christ's life was what happened in the dash. You know, what happened between birth and death? What do we learn in order to birth our own Christ consciousness, to truly be what he said we could be on the planet, we have to come to our own virgin state. We do that through prayer. We do that through meditation and silence. We do that by having faith in a miracle. And the miracle is that it wasn't just Mary who would bring forth the holy. That is what we're all here to do. It's our grand and divine work. So what would you say if an angel showed up over you this very moment and said, you are about to bring forth a divine child? What would you say? Would you say, not me. I'm not, I'm sorry. I would say, I have four. (laughs) What would you say? 
if Gabriel showed up and said, there is something holy about you, you have the capacity to be a Christed being. You have the capacity to bring compassion, love, and forgiveness to this planet. You have the, the power to make the world different. Would you say yes? Would you say yes? I will do that. Would you explore what is deep within you and heal those places that need healing so that you could be the light of God on the planet, the son of God, the daughter of God, the holy bearer of wisdom? Would you truly be that? That's what tonight is about. This story tells us who we can be. And it invites us to go to our most innocent heart and yet our most powerful because in our virgin selves, we are whole to ourselves. It invites us to come to our most powerful center and to breathe out what is holy within us, to birth that into the world and to live into it. How would your next year change if you truly took that message to heart and carried it home? I have some quotes for you. Thich Nhat Hanh said, the greatest of all miracles is to be alive. Molly Friedenfeld said, your heart is where your inner light resides. It is part of every sacred journey to reconnect with your inner light. Step into your divinity. Spread the love of light before you. Return to the essence of love and inspire others to do the same. Anton St. Martin said, you are the one thing. You are a divine being, an all-powerful creator. You are a deity in jeans and a t-shirt, and within you dwells the infinite wisdom of the ages and the sacred creative force of all that is, has ever been, and will be. And finally, this is by Anonymous. Jesus Christ knew he was God. So wake up and find out eventually who you really are. In our culture, of course, they'll say you're crazy and you're blasphemous. And they'll either put you in jail or in a nuthouse, which is pretty much the same thing. However, if you wake up in India and tell your friends and relations, my goodness, I've just discovered that I am God, they'll laugh and say, Congratulations, at last you found out. 